Hello, I'm Charles Coves, Australasia's passion provocateur. Welcome to this week's episode of the Charles Coves Show, whether you're watching on YouTube, on Rumble, or listening via podcast. This is episode one, two, one, one to one, get it? Episode 121. This week's big idea that I discuss in this episode is the many public apologies being made by politicians, bureaucrats, health officers, chief health officers, footballers, lovers, and defendants in many court cases. These people are claiming in many circumstances, I made a mistake. Please forgive me. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. But I say they're often not speaking the truth when they say this. They did not make a mistake. They acted badly or criminally or fraudulently, or corruptly. They want you to think it was just a mistake. It's valuable to learn how to distinguish real mistakes from what I call fraud, to cover all of those other types of behaviours. Real mistakes versus fraud. Whilst I strongly advocate forgiveness in all circumstances, if there's a genuine apology, and even if there is not, the consequences for the perpetrator of a mistake or a fraud are very different. This episode will help you to make better and finer distinctions on this topic that will help you in your business, in your life, in dealing with family members, in dealing with team members, in your business. I'm sure you'll find it helpful. Our format for the show is in four parts. First, I share today's big idea. Second, I share six resources to help you implement the philosophy behind the big idea in your life. Thirdly, I review key happenings over the past week in my life, our life, the life of the planet. And then fourthly, the foundational principles of this show and further details of my background, if you want to know about them, particularly for newer viewers and listeners, is now the last part of the show. So let's go with today's big idea. I'm seeing a lot of public apologies from politicians, from bureaucrats, from health officers, from chief health officers, from footballers, from defendants in many court cases. Over the years, in my 29 years as a passion provocateur working with corporate teams, I've dealt with lots of mistakes made by people in organisations or alleged mistakes. Mistakes and making mistakes is a crucial topic. I've dealt with it in previous episodes of the show. I say to you, you cannot improve any skill without making mistakes. It is, it, is a, it is a big, big topic, an important topic, particularly in a world that is changing so rapidly. But 
are you dealing with a mistake or are you dealing with a fraud? And I'm using the word fraud to cover corrupt behavior, deliberately bad behavior, deliberately criminal behavior, deliberately fraudulent behavior. I call it fraud, mistake or fraud. How do you tell? Let me give you a simple example. I talk about this in my book, Passionate People Produce. When big brother hits little brother and little brother goes crying to parents and parents come along, big brother will often say, I made a mistake. <laughs> I made a mistake. Yes, the mistake was you got caught. It wasn't a mistake. It was a deliberate it was a deliberate hit. In a bigger sense, it could have been a mistake that the big brother, had he been more aware, he would have behaved in different ways. But no, the action that he took was not a mistake, but a fraud. In deciding how you will deal with someone's apology or the evidence of someone's behaviour, it is most important to make this distinction between one or the other. I say reward the mistake and punish the fraud. Reward the mistake, punish the fraud. Why would you reward the mistake? Because if someone makes a genuine mistake, it is on the way to developing themselves, their skills, their philosophy, their perspectives. We all make mistakes. To err is human. And the, then the next part of the quote is, to forgive is divine. We'll talk about forgiveness in a moment. But people are behaving very badly indeed and then ask, then apologising and saying, I made a mistake. How do you distinguish? Well, you need to investigate. You need to dig. You need to ask questions. You need to interrogate, investigate, interrogate. Understand the circumstances that led to the person being a public figure or not because you and I and Julie, we come to conclusions about people's behaviour. When someone says, please forgive me, that's one question, but your, your perspective on did that person make a mistake or was it fraudulent? I say it's important to spend the time to do so. Now, there are two very public examples of uh, somewhat apologetic, somewhat regretful comments, and that is by Victoria's Chief Health Officer, Brett Sutton, and Australia's Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. Now, Scott Morrison secretly made himself a minister of five extra portfolios without telling his cabin colleagues and without telling the public. Scott Morrison says he was doing his best. He was wanting to protect the Australian public. public. I say bullshit. I say he was corrupt. And I'm a Liberal supporter, just in case you didn't know. The Chief Health Officer for Victoria. There are now videos going around of, oh, we did our best, you know, with having to deal with the health challenges. I say nonsense. And why? Because I've done a huge amount of investigation, of reading, of studying. I say that Brett Sutton support of Premier Daniel Andrews and most chief health officers in this country, uh, their actions are fraudulent, not mistaken. That's what I say. 
And I say, based on the investigation, the interrogation, the study that I have done, and the twice-weekly meetings of global experts that I moderate, the evidence is absolutely clear that Brett Sutton was not mistaken, but was fraudulent. I urge you to do that exercise. Think about it. What led to his behavior? And what leads to many people accepting this behavior of politicians, of health officers? Well, the answer is, if they're comfortable in their lives, which 60% of Australians are, then they don't give a rat's about the 40% whose lives are decimated by such decisions. And many people couldn't give a stuff about politics as well. They say they're all fraudulent. Well, there you are. There's a lesson as well. You know, many people pay no attention to politics. The problem is those politicians then make decisions which will have big impacts on you. Now, this principle of investigation, interrogation applies to your family members, to your friends, to your staff in your dental practice, in your legal practice, in your business. You know, when I, as I say, reward the mistake. If people are making honest mistakes in developing their skills, good, you reward that. But if they claim it's a mistake but it's a fraud, no, you punish it. Now, the last element. If there is an apology, and even if there is not, you forgive. To err is human, to forgive is divine. And even for a fraud, if there is a genuine apology, you forgive. But there are consequences for the fraud. It could be jail. It could be financial. It could be all sorts of alternatives. It could be community service. And psychologists have written many, many articles, there's been many publications on the value of victims of crime forgiving, a meeting with the perpetrator, particularly in cases of murder, meeting with the perpetrator and forgiving because it is good for the victim to forgive. Forgive, it means to give yourself something. Holding a grudge causes you great distress, great anxiety, and impacts on your health. So, I forgive Scott Morrison, I forgive Brett Sutton, I forgive the bureaucrats, but I promise you I am doing everything I can to hold them to account for their many frauds. I urge you to do the same. Now, the six resources for you. A song, and a song on forgiveness, a powerful, powerful song on, on forgiveness is from Les Miserables stars, just prior to Javert committing suicide, because he cannot cope with Jean Valjean forgiving him, for showing compassion to him for not imposing punishment on him. The psychology of forgiveness on the perpetrator. Very interesting. My book, 
is about the Rwandan atrocity of 1994. I read this book as a reviewer prior to its publication. It's called Left to Tell. And it's from a survivor, a Catholic, a, a, a Tutsi survivor from the Hutus, who were the slaughterers. Her name is Immaculate Ilibigazar. And her story of forgiveness is profound. Well worth reading. If you're having trouble with forgiveness, worth reading. My health tip is to understand the health benefits for you of forgiving. If you walk around with a grudge, that will have an impact on your physical and mental health. My spiritual tip is to understand that forgiveness is a spiritual activity. So I urge you to meditate on who it is that you should be forgiving. I have two quotes for you. Obviously, the first is, to err is human, to forgive is divine. And since I'm a passion provocateur, and passion comes from your spirit, I urge you to access the divine inside you. Secondly, a quote from Nelson Mandela. The soul is freed when one forgives. And he, in the context of South Africa, had to encourage the people to forgive the whites who had caused such harm to the blacks in the country. The soul is freed when one forgives. And I've got a spot of humor now. We're going to the forgiveness space. Let's get a little bit let's get a little bit light on, you know, and then We've got a case of a man who needs lots of forgiveness. A man recently moved and was filling out forms at his local police station. Has your driver's license ever been suspended or revoked? No, never. Have you ever been convicted of driving under the influence? Yes, lots of times. Have you ever been convicted of a driving-related felony? Yes, three of them. At this point, the officer stops to ask, well, wait a minute. If you have all these DUIs and felonies, how come your license has never been suspended or revoked? The man responds, I never got a license. <laughs> love it, I love it, I love it. And then I've got, because I've been talking about health officers and chief health officers, I like this one, you know, talking about doctors making mistakes. And do you know that the third biggest cause of death in America over the last 20 years is medical malpractice, medical misdiagnosis, third biggest. Anyway, here's the story. You know, no need for me to come out to the house, the doctor told the worried caller. I've checked my files and your uncle isn't really ill at all. He just thinks he's sick. A week later, the doctor telephones to make sure his diagnosis had been correct. How's your uncle today, he asked. Worse came the reply. Now he thinks he's dead. Ah, the doctors, the medical profession, some of them are wonderful, but I say what we've gone through in the last two and a half years has been hugely enabled by doctors following government dictates and not doing what's right. So, I hope you enjoyed those laughs. I certainly did, finding them. I urge you to take the steps to see how today's big idea can make a difference to your life, a beneficial difference to your life, a way to reassess mistakes in your life and in other people's lives. 
My aim for this show is to inspire you, to provoke you, to motivate you, to educate you, to constantly be willing to look at who you are and what your life is about, to raise your self-awareness. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast, to this YouTube. I invite you to visit our websites, covest.com, charlescovest.com. At charlescovest.com you can find out lots about our self-awareness and passion quest, a one-on-one executive coaching program for you or for those whom you lead, who you wish to develop into taking over your business, taking over your leadership role. You can access my first two books, Passionate People Produce and Passionate Performance, at those websites. Now, let's review a couple of key happenings during the week, just quickly. Again, I moderated two global meetings of medical doctors for COVID ethics, two amazing guest presenters, Dr. Richard Fleming. And I urge you to check out his website. He's an American genius, FlemingMethod.com. And then on Wednesday, Dr. Andy Wakefield, who was a doctor who was drummed out of the medical profession and is now being proven to be absolutely correct, has gone through a lot of heartache, has now become a film producer to share the story. He shared the need to make decisions based on values and he made decisions based on benefits to children compared to benefits to his pocket, to his standing, to his reputation, to his career. He chose to protect children. It's a magnificent story. If you would like the link to that presentation, please let us know and we'll happily send it to you. Also during the week, I did some executive coaching of some people, one of whom was most distressed about certain activities happening in public and the strategy to solve that is to understand that what people say about you is none of your business. If you are distressed about what people are saying, it is entirely caused by what's going on inside you. So it was a salutary reminder of the need to understand where our feelings come from and the internal representation that's going on inside you. Raise your awareness about what's happening for you. And of course, during the week, there's a huge amount of news, commentary, articles about the change of perspective of many officials. So that explosion of news, the changes in Denmark, all sorts of countries around the world are realizing the fraud that has been perpetrated. So that's been very encouraging to watch, particularly since in most of the episodes of this show, I've pointed out that fraud, the improper behaviors. But there will be a day, there will be many days of reckoning. And then of course, the exercise regime continues. Julie does it, I do it, I urge you to do it. If you are new to the show, Stick around now to hear more about my background and the foundational principles for this show, including discussion of the relevance of freedom for you as a human being and how freedom drives all of the work that I do. And thanks for watching. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with, with us on the show. I wish you a week full of passion, of challenge, of embracing these challenges, of embracing the learning opportunities that life gives to you. Great to have you here. Look forward to being with you next week. Bye. And now, for viewers and listeners who want to know more about my background and what else I do with my life as well as the foundational principles of the show, here we are. Since 1993, when I left my legal career, a career that I love to become Australasia's passion provocateur, I have inspired and provoked and educated and motivated people all over the world to discover and pursue their passion. I have helped people via the books that I've written, via speeches at conferences, via in-depth team building programs, workshops over one, two or three days or over three months, six months. And I've coached people of all ages, one-on-one from small, medium and large enterprises, government enterprises, helping them to identify the often tiny changes that can make a massive difference. One of my core principles is that freedom is what makes us truly human. That's why one of the greatest threats that government imposes on you to force you to observe its laws is the threat of imprisonment, the loss of your freedom. Just think about that. Government says, if you don't behave yourself, we're going to put you in jail. No, no, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to lose my freedom. That's a reminder to you of why freedom is so important. Without freedom, you and I are not much different to animals. If you were locked up in a cage for the rest of your life, how, how different would you be to an animal? This commitment to fighting for freedoms for all people is carried out by me th- made primarily through five channels. Number one, preserving the freedom to pursue your passion. Number two, inspiring you to be able to be free through excellent health. Number three, helping preserve freedom throughout the world through the expansion of industrial hemp, a magnificent agricultural crop, an almost miraculous crop that enables every community to thrive independently of government. In this way, the power of government to take away freedom is minimised. Number four, fighting for freedom through legal strategies. So I do work as a legal strategy consultant, as an interface between clients and their lawyers. And number five, as chairman of the Australian Institute of Comedy and as a board member of the Australian Cartoon Museum, fighting for the freedom of thought and speech through uncensored comedy and humour through avoiding political correctness in the comedic space. When you block freedom of speech, freedom of thought, that's the beginning of the end of your freedoms. The foundational principles for the Charles Covest Show are founded on the formula SA plus P equals S. Your self-awareness added to your passion will guarantee that you are successful. 
And the best definition of success I have found in life is that success is the progressive realization of your worthy ideals. The progressive realization of your worthy ideals. This show is also guided by Socrates' famous principle and quote, the unexamined life is not worth living. You can see I'm wearing my red jacket. I wear my red jacket for all my shows. Red is the color of passion. So that when you see me on the YouTube version, it reminds you that when you see red in your life, you ask yourself the question, am I pursuing my passion? What am I passionate about? Am I still passionate about that? What might I newly be passionate about? Each week I explore one big idea that can change your life. And it's just one big idea because there's a chance you will remember it. If I give you too many ideas, then we we get confused and we don't do anything. Clarity leads to power. Confusion kills passion. Each week I share simple and practical resources that you've heard me describe in the earlier part of the show. A spiritual tip, a health tip, lyrics of a song, a book, a quote, and of course humour. This show is not politically correct. I have no intention of being politically correct. And I love certain addictions, including my addiction to great coffee. Mmm. My addiction to exercise, my addiction to reading, and my addiction to certain other unmentionable in public type behaviours. Who would know what they are? This show definitely subscribes to the view that we have a spiritual life. So if you don't like discussion of spirituality, this show is not for you. I promise you that I don't include anything in this show that I don't consider to be true and that I have not found to be useful in the work that I've done over the past 28 years, but also over the past 50 years in business, as a lawyer, as a consultant advisor. I only want to share stuff with you that is of value to you. Finally, if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to contact me at charles at covest.com. Again, thanks for watching and listening to my show. Bye.